Would you call yourself a socialist? Uh, no. You've never told a lie in politics? No, no. See, somebody sent me a video action last Friday and it had you talking at the Socialist Community oh, Political right. School. Yes, yes. And you mentioned the word comrade uh, about four times in a minute. What was that about? It was a rally and I would have been about 25 years old. Comrade, 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 comrade. I think early next year we'll be in the phase of chasing up people who haven't come forward to get their vaccination or have missed their bookings and so on. So uh, everyone will be able to get a vaccine between now and the end of the year. Uh, but of course, you know, and, and I want every New Zealander to come forward, but human behaviour suggests that there will be some people that we have to actually really go out and look for, uh, and, and some of that may spill into next year. But our commitment is everyone will have the opportunity to get the vaccine by the end of the year. Uh, everyone will, uh, but I, I can't say that, you know, that we're not going to have some hesitant people or some people who just haven't come forward that we don't have to go out and find next year. Good morning, Grant Edwards from Liberty NZ, and welcome along, everybody. Uh, today, we've got uh, Dennis Hall in Levin, and uh, in Waiheke, we have, or on Waiheke, we have uh, Liz M. Lambert. Uh, Liz, you've been um, very busy on the Patriot channel. Uh, would you be able to tell us what's been happening? Because I had my Wi-Fi off overnight. Chris Hipkins, as everybody knows, was really keen to um, track down people who weren't going to get the jab or were hesitant, etc. So he was describing it as if he was going to ride out on his uh, white horse and, and get everybody. So um, we thought, well, hang on, why not just go and visit Chris now? So, so he's, he said this on, on you know, the mainstream and, and maybe a lot of the Patriots haven't heard because everybody can't even bear to listen for five minutes. But there was a lot of talk about it on Facebook about people saying, what, and I'll do this and I know way, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, so I figure there's a lot of people out there that Chris needs to track down. So I thought, well, how about we just go and see Chris and um, and tell him, here we are, you know, do you want to talk about it? You know, we've got our reasons for, for not having it. And uh, so, um, but maybe he's down with something at the moment. But anyway, I found his home address and his home address is 23 uh, Riverstone uh, Drive up in, in, in Upper Hutt. And um, the interesting thing is that um, everybody, every MP, because they have to be on the electoral roll, is is um, in the electoral roll in their area. So um, <clears throat> if you if you're a local government MP, you actually don't have to um, live in the area that you're representing. But for for um, central government, you do have to live in the electorate, and so their name does have to go down on the electoral roll. So I looked up Hipkins, Chris, and there he was, Christopher John Hipkins, 23, um, Riverstone Drive in Upper Hutt. So I've, uh, this morning, um, I've had a little mission of um, 
informing people where he is, asking Wellington people in the first instance to perhaps um, get together and make a little um, uh, party of it and go go down. And I mean, <clears throat> and somebody asked me, well, when is it? Uh, well, when is it? Whenever you want to make it. This is, this is the joy of community organising. Now, um, I think I told you before, Grant, that that half my job at the Service and Food Workers Union was um, union organizer. This yes, is the did. sort of this is the sort of training that Barack Obama had. Um, <clears throat> and when I started to think back this morning, I thought, oh right, I remember when I was at the union, the last training that I took before I actually left <clears throat> was actually a day of um, Hegelian dialectic. Um, the Marxist training for um, for uh, unions, really, which is um, uh, to find the problem. It sounded pretty good because you know it's like you've, you find, you've got the problem and you find a solution and then you react to it, right? I think that's the three steps: problem, and reaction, me, solution. Yep, I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah. So, so problem, reaction, solution. Sorry, that's the other way it yeah. goes. So. I thought, yeah, that sounds good because, you know, there's plenty of problems within within um, four members within the union movement. So, um, you know, we would organise um, strikes, pickets, all of those good, all good things that um, groups can do together. However, um, <clears throat> the problem, I think, is, is that the problem within the union movement that the way the union bosses saw it was to create a problem where there wasn't a problem. There are plenty of problems for workers, but you can see from the reaction of the union movement today that they certainly are not supporting uh, union members and resisting getting vaccinations. Uh, so they don't see certain things that we see as a problem as a problem. It's how you see the problem. It's interesting you say that because um, I was speaking to some agricultural groups in the last couple of weeks, and they say that their organisations that they belong to, the, the big you know the big groups like Federated Farmers and and uh, some of the others, they are not supporting the farmers. That's almost like they're in bed with the government. They haven't come out and said that, but it seems to be a bit like that. What do you think, Dennis? Um, are we talk you were talking about vaccinations. Um, yeah, well, actually, we probably should focus on on, the, on what we're talking about today, which is um, what Liz says about Chris Hipkins. He wants to track us down. He says, I'll come oh, and track you down and find out where you are if you're hesitant. Yeah. Well, Liz won't like what I've got to say about that. Um, no, I, I think that, uh, uh, that for somebody who's in public life, it's, um, you know, they've got to take a certain, and, and I'm not, he's not my favourite person by any means. But at the same time, I don't like the idea of identifying exactly where they live. He's going to track us down. Did you so, hear the video? Did you, did you hear what he said? Oh, look, I, and I get that, but I mean that. But that's not making it public over a thing like this. I, th I think that um, I think that's um, a step too far. I've got to say, the, the other people who live in his house for them are his children and his that's wife, true. Um, that's true. and they shouldn't be subjected to any of that sort of thing. Mm. So, but of course, sorry, no, Liz, let's but, let's but, just talk about that, Dennis. How would you like your children and your grandchildren subjected to the vaccination? Because when they say all of the people in this country, they mean the women and the children as well. They don't just mean um, themselves, okay? They mean you. They mean me. They mean my grandchildren. I couldn't give a damn 
how embarrassed his family are. That when they come to your house, they, you come, they often would come. They will come with the police, and they'll take you away for uh, if they want to test you. That's what the, the new powers that they've put in place last year. They've got the right to take you or family members from your house and detain you and test you. And um, so, you know, they just invade our privacy. So I think Liz has got a point, Dennis. Our There's children nobody be upset. going to be going into Chris, into Chris Hipkins' house. There's nobody going to be going past his fence. Hmm. There are people going to be standing on the sidewalk and saying, Chris, you wanted to see us? Come and, come and see us if he's not there then people should go next door and ask where he is. Now, it doesn't matter if you never see Chris, right? The point is that the sanctity of our homes is threatened. We are not even threatening the sanctity of his home. I look. I disagree with this all day long. Sorry. Um, the the, the, the why, thing about the why, the, the why do you disagree? Hang on, uh, Liz. Just because let I'm allowed to. Because I'm a grown up. No, yeah. no, no. Sorry, don't interrupt. Listen. He's not. He's having conversation. Liz, 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 just a minute. I'm going to mute I you given, unless unless you let Liz. It should be done. I'm going to mute you. I've just muted you, Liz, because I want Dennis to say what he says, and then I'll bring you back. Okay, just. Just hang on. Just I, Don't go away. Just stay there and just let Dennis say. Now, what did you say, Dennis? See, this has turned into a discussion about people's privacy and, and also fine. their yeah. and also the safety of their families. And, and you know, you can sort of translate that off to, um, to, to vaccines and things if you want to. Now, I've got to tell you that yep. from my viewpoint, um, when this whole bloody virus thing started, I decided that I needed to stay home. And so I just went and f- bought another freezer, filled it up with food, bought a whole lot of bloody toilet paper and settled in home. Uh, and, and I didn't, because I'm an old guy, I didn't think that they're going to block the whole, you know, lock the whole country down. Uh, but anyway, they did. And that's just, uh, that's just those leftists um, uh, exercising all the power that they're able to. <clears throat> but, you know, at the same time, um, Chris Hopkins uh, can be um, contacted at Parliament. That's where he's doing this job from. Um, and, and there are a whole lot of people who, I know there's people who don't like the idea of the, virus, of, of the vaccine, but I just don't happen to be one of them. Uh, I, I well, that's beside the point, f- isn't it? We live in a free country. Whether, whether you agree with it or not, we're not, we're not saying that you, you know, you're a terrible person for, for agreeing with being vaccinated. We, this is a democratic thing. Now, I was listening to what Dennis had to say. I didn't actually have to be muted because I was listening. And, um, and I can't talk and listen at the same time. So, Dennis, um, you gave us the lovely story about how um, you got all your toilet paper and filled up your freezer. You obviously live in a house. You obviously have the money to to build up stores. You obviously have the luxury of staying away from work because you're you're, um, retired by the sound of it. Well, so am I. And I live on Waiheke Island. And I live amongst the most um, well-heeled people on the planet, probably. And they filled up all of their their, um, freezers, et cetera, et cetera, too. And they didn't do a damn thing, just like you're describing. So, you know, just think of the day when they come for you. That's all I say. Can they I won't come for you because you're vaccinated, of course. Yeah. Of course Go ahead, of course Dennis. You're, you're vaccinated. Okay. Go ahead, Dennis. Um, look. <clears throat> Look, I tend to be practical about these things. Um, There are a significant, a very significant number of people in this country who are not going to have that vaccination. I get it. Uh, Probably in the hundreds of thousands. 
there's no way they can lock up 100,000 people. They can't. There's, they just do not have the staff or the facilities to go and arrest a whole lot of people and take them away and put them in a facility and make them have a bloody injection. Um, they're not going to be able to do that as much as I believe that the left-wing government would like to, but the, but but it is simply impractical. Um, and and yeah, and then there are people like me who have had flu injections forever, and I'm still here, still doing fine. And and I have avoided the flu a few times, and it's bloody near killed me a couple of times when I didn't have the. And most recently, uh, you know, last a uh, couple of years ago. So so the, I believe in vaccines. You know, people have been using vaccines for centuries, or for you know, I mean, they, they you know, way way back in the day, they used to and they used to deliberately infect people with smallpox um, uh, to to um, uh, to give them an immunity. You know, and that was back in the day before they even invented that hypodermic. Um, so, uh, so you know, there, there's a. Uh, I, I get that there might be something about this particular um, vaccine that might be a little bit hybrid or something, and uh, or or, or uh, synthetic. Um, and so I'm a little bit suspicious of it, um, but that's because of my age and my health. Um, Would you take uh, the, the vaccine? The, I had the, look, I had the, the flu injection uh, a couple of, uh, about three, four, five weeks ago, mm. and it made me very ill. And, and it's often made me a little bit sick in the past, um, but I've got serious other health problems and they compounded. And so that, that may, and that makes me nervous of having the other injection. Mm. And so I'm going to go and talk to the doctor, but look, I'm 80 years old and I'm probably going to be dead within a year. So no, I mean, not, what Dennis. the hell difference no, does it not. make to me? We'll keep you alive. Well, it, it makes a, a big difference to all of us. We, you've got children and grandchildren, no doubt. Yeah, sure. But I mean, uh, I think that uh, you know, tens of thousands of millions of people are going to go to have that injection and there's, there's hundreds of thousands who are not. But and the, the government, government just is talking about... Able... I think <coughs> early next year we'll be in the phase of chasing up people, people who haven't come to forward to get their vaccination or have missed their bookings and so on. We will find so you. Uh, everyone will be able now, to get streaming. a vaccine between well, now and the end of the year. And uh, but the Bill of Rights is very clear. And I want every New Zealander to come forward. Human behaviour suggests that there will be some people that we have to actually really go out and look for. And some of that may spill into next year, but our commitment is everyone will have the opportunity to get the vaccine by the end of the year. Uh, Everyone will. Uh, I can't say that we're not going to have some hesitant people or some people who just haven't come forward that we don't have to go out and find next year. Not out of its full trials until um, sometime in 2023. And Liz Gray has already gone to the High Court in Wellington and won her case because our government is trying to do the whole country. And yet the um, MetSafe said that they would only give them approval to vaccinate a small group and they haven't there wasn't a that small group so she actually won that case in the high court but you know what the government did the very next day they changed the law so they couldn't be prosecuted and because that and they've got the power to do that so uh, section 11 says every person has the right not to be subjected to medical or scientific experimentation without that person's consent we're in the middle of a trial new zealand the whole world is are the guinea pigs and yet in, in New Zealand, we have a law, which we've had since 1990, um, that, we, are not, we, that we, we don't have to be part of any experimentation if we don't want to. And we don't have to be, take any, undergo any medical treatment if we don't want to. This is a medical treatment. And some of us don't want it. And we don't want to be forced to. And this government's heading down the track of forcing us to take a vaccine. And they're going to do it through employers. And the employers, I heard yesterday, I heard them. One of the uh, chief uh, employment um, 
personnel or consultant who um, Peter Williams gets on on Magic Talk. He had him in in the morning and he said he didn't think the judiciary would support the workers, the employees, that they would support the employers because they'd be putting other people in the company at risk, which is nonsense. Absolutely not. In fact, we're at more risk from vaccinated people. Now, I know about the smallpox trial, um, how it was um, Lister, I think it was. I'm just trying to remember who the um, who the man was that they actually um, discovered that it comes from um, look, look, dairy maids. Can I just interrupt? Uh, dairy maids. Liz, I don't think we're going to convince Dennis because Dennis, he he's for okay. vaccines and power to him. But a lot of pe- uh, good on him. Yeah, but a lot of people think that that getting vaccinations generally is good for them, and I was. I was, um, my um, eldest children were all vaccinated, you know, with the, um, the, the, the things that they used to be vaccinated with. Um, later on, when they started vaccinating for childhood diseases, I stopped uh, that because my children were sort of too old for that, most of them. Yeah. But, um, yeah, uh, so vaccinations, no, they lower your immunity is okay, what they do. Okay, but we're concerned about the coercion, about people that don't want them for whatever reason. We're, we're concerned about coercion. Yeah. People won't, I can tell you this, you mark my words, in a year's yeah. time, you won't be able to get a job in this country unless you've been fully vaccinated. Mm-hmm. You won't be able to get on a plane. Yeah. You won't be able to stay in a motel. You'll be, you'll be lucky if you can fill your car up with petrol if we've got any petrol left, if she wants to bring in her electric cars and find people for um, having diesel vehicles. We will be mm-hmm. vaccinated come hell or high water, and they're becoming militant about it. And Chris Hipkins was like, mm-hmm. like an SS officer on that video recording yep. this week. Well, you don't see much about what the um, Nazi pro- propaganda was from 1933 to 1939, but um, because it's in German, of course, um, and I think in Germany most people don't even know um, what it was all about. But it's, it's exactly um, the playbook that our media are following is, is the playbook of the laws that were put into place between 1933 and 1939 in Nazi Germany. That's right. Uh, so, and Liz, so, um, Elliot yeah, Ekelai, who was a former um, former deputy of the Conservative Party, he came on, a, he did a video uh, just this week, and he said that he actually studied, because he's quite quite an intellectual, he studied um, the policies of Nazi Germany when he was doing history, and he said what is happening right here now in our government is, is straight out of mind camp. Absolutely. It is. Yeah, it is. So, uh, and I mean, you've always got to remember that, that both don't, don't we, we've got to be careful not to put it into a right or left camp because there, you know, as the famous saying is, um, two wings of the same bird. And that point. bird is totalitarianism. And, yeah. it's co- and, and it's communitarianism as well. You'll often, um, I mean, the Fasciti, uh, Fasciti, I'm not sure how you say it, that bundle of sticks, which is the, um, which is the symbol of um, fascism, hmm. um, that is um, a bundle of, um, a bundle of so-called rights, actually. And if you, if you take some of those rights away, you weaken that bundle, right? You weaken that bundle, but you see, this is the 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 state has has taken that bundle to themselves and used it against us, right? And it's not just so our country; it's every country. But we seem mm-hmm. to be the guinea pig country, and that's what Barry Smith yeah, used to say: New I'd Zealand say is small. Are. And yeah, go ahead. Yeah. 
Well, we have our own paperclip here. We had our own paperclip here. You know, the paperclip operation? We yes, had our own yes. here. Mm. Yes. There, there were, the, I know of at least one uh, doctor who worked in the Nazi, um, she's died recently, uh, worked um, as a young doctor in the Nazi um, um, camps, experimenting on people. She was um, exported out here in the, in the early 50s. She's out, it was undercover, changed her name, et cetera, et cetera. Lives in the Welling, lived in the Wellington area, lived up at Miramar. How many people did she train down in Otago University, I wonder? Mm. You know, this is, not, this is not fantasy. This is reality. It's, it seemed to be a bit of a big jump sideways. Uh, look, I've been fascinated by, by Nazi history, um, and, and I've been to Germany and wandered around and had a look at, you know, I wanted to go and stand in the places where some of that history took place, and I took the trouble to go into, uh, into Hitler's bunker, amongst other things, and, and, uh, and, that, and all that serves to do is, is to tell you uh, that I'm serious. I was very serious about it. And, and I absolutely think that um, uh, when Liz says that this, uh, this um, government is, is involved in propaganda on that level, she's absolutely right. Um, it's the worst propaganda I've ever seen. Anybody, who, Nobody could possibly look at our television, uh, the television news these days, and not see propaganda all bloody day long. And so we're in a dangerous place um, because the unfortunate thing about that, Liz, is that a whole lot of people – uh, listening to that, they see that as real, just like they did in Germany during the 30s. You know, uh, Hitler could never have done the things that he did unless the people were standing behind him. And the reason they were standing behind him was the propaganda. And we are being subjected to propaganda daily by all of our media who have completely capitulated to this government and, and uh, do not give any other views at all. And so is New Zealand in trouble? New Zealand is in big trouble. And, 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 but the other thing about the, you know, the, there's sort of two issues really is the propaganda that is being pushed by people like Chris Hipkins and others. But the other one is, is, is the, the uh, vaccination and the virus. I mean, it just seems to me that the virus just fell right into their laps and, and gave them the opportunity to move us towards totalitarianism, as you just said a little earlier, Liz. And so I completely agree with you on that score. Um, but I think that the logistics of, you, you know, New Zealand is at the back of the queue with all of this stuff. I mean, when you, I listened to some of the, um, some of the, some, somebody, uh, some commentator somewhere on the, television on the radio talking about the the um, the numbers associated with how this whole business of rolling out the vaccine and 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 so on and, and it is appalling you know if, I mean if, if the objective is to get half the or, or most of the nation vaccinated they're not doing very well at all and so uh, you know they're not they're not they're not vaccinating all the people who are open to being vaccinated yet let alone running around and trying to arrest all the ones who don't want to be vaccinated yeah, well, it depends on um, what's in the vaccines too. You know, when, when you say we're at the back of the queue, they've certainly got all of the vaccines that they could, I think they imported something like 2 million or something, didn't they? Okay. Now, do, no, 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 they, no they, said, they said they haven't got enough vaccines to vaccine, vaccinate the whole country. Well, they said they also said that they've imported about two million doses. I'm I'm sure I've I've um, seen that. Yeah, on you're both right. Well. It changes all the time. They keep changing the story. Yeah. Mm. But but have you ever heard of salting? Okay, salting a mine. You can do it the opposite way too. You could put out say 
you know, say 80% of the vaccines were saline the first time around, right? Let's say that. You're breaking up, Liz. So, Dennis, what do you think about what she's saying about, um, you know, half the, they, they're putting a saline solution in? I mean, that's all hearsay, isn't it? Oh, look, I, I would think so. I mean, in, a, in, a, in, a, in an environment like this, political environment like this, um, people will make up stories, and they, and they obviously do. And, 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 uh, but the government will be making them up as well. Yeah, this is right. They accuse us but, of making up stories, but the whole thing's just a baloney. A lot of it. I mean, I mean, if if it's all fine, this vaccine, why are they hammering it in the radio, television, online? It's COVID nineteen, COVID nineteen, COVID nineteen. It's just a bombardment. So if they're so sure that everyone, it's all fine and safe, and everyone's happy with it, because I don't think people are. I think the majority of people are actually against it, but the government's not letting on that, and they're they're turning it all around. I would say two thirds of people. Are, are, are hesitant. Most people have become very sceptical about the whole thing, um, but at the same time, they're not sure. And and uh, for a lot of people, it just doesn't impact on their lives, particularly at the moment. Mm. And and uh, you know, some people, I think a lot of people are just going to front up and get the vaccination. But, but why would you get the vaccination when you've got a ninety nine point zero seven percent chance of dying from it? This is the average person. You might not, but. All over the world, the stats are that you've got a 99.07% chance of dying from this virus. Why would you take a vaccine that where where the the person that was the vice president of Pfizer, uh, Mike Yeadon, said that you're 50 times more likely to die from taking the vaccine than you are from just getting COVID-19? Well, everything that I've heard about this from right from the beginning is that old people uh, are most at risk, and uh, and it's the same with the flu. I mean, six hundred odd people were supposed to have died two years ago in New Zealand from the flu, uh, but it'll be flu, flu, and related um, other other problems like I've got, you know. And so, uh, you know, I've got a heart problem, so I need to make sure I don't get the flu because the flu will kill me. Yeah. Uh, they'll say that the flu killed me, but it'll actually be my heart that kills me. You'll get pneumonia, and, and so or your heart. Yeah, that, you know, that's right. You know, and so I've got to protect myself from that, uh, whereas other people don't. Uh, when I was younger, I would have been able to sustain that, but right now, I don't believe that I could. And so, one of my choices, uh, I'm in the, in the demographic that is likely to die from COVID, um, and so I got a choice between having a vaccine and not having a vaccine. Um, and the, and the, they they argue that the vaccine might save me. Well, um, uh, nothing will save me if I get the virus. Well, the vi- you've got a better so, chance of surviving the virus. That's what Mike Eden said. He was the former head of Pfizer for 15 years. He said you've got a better chance of surviving this COVID vi- virus, which is not as bad as they're making out. He said, and he should know. He was involved. In it. He's a vac- he's pro vaccine. He said you've got a, a, a you've got a fifty times more chance more likely you're fifty times more likely to die from the Pfizer vaccine. He's a Pfizer man than you are from getting contracting um, COVID nineteen. So why would you take a vaccine when you're but, actually fifty times more likely to die from it? I know you wouldn't, but that's you wouldn't across take it, would you? But that's across all demographics. That's true. That's mm. true. Yeah. Well, can I can I come in? Yeah, did you go out and come back in this? Did it improve it? I didn't no, think you I'm left. just standing in a better place. I'm just standing in a better oh, place. Oh, very good. Okay, yeah. Well, Dennis okay. raises some good points. <laughs> now, here, here's, here am I. Okay, at the time of the first lockdown, it was advised that people over 70, they were at the most risk. They should stay inside. I, at that stage, was 68. I, um, 
I said to my children, um, I don't want to see our economy and your lives wrecked by, by lockdowns. I said, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to, to shuffle off. You know, aren't you? You know, I, I'm going down to um, my local MPs. I don't live in Wellington. I'm going to find the address of my local MP and I'm going to go down and give them a message to give to Chris. Here I am, Chris. Come and talk to me about it. Well, why and don't I you organise it properly like the, like Groundswell have done and they had a, the tractor, yeah. all the farmers, hundreds of farmers with their tractors came into Gore for the first yeah. meeting. Why don't you organise it instead of just letting people willy-nilly turn up and, you know, you could have some half-wits turn oh, yeah. up at Chris yeah. Hipkin's oh, house well, and upset was, his wife and, then, was, and it makes yeah. us look bad, you know. We, we look like a bunch I of half-wits. This is what I wanted to talk to people about, you know, get together in a group. I think early next year we'll be in the phase of chasing up people who haven't come forward to get their vaccination or have missed their bookings and so on. So uh, everyone will be able to get a vaccine between now and the end of the year. Uh, But, of course, you know, and and I want every New Zealander to come forward, but human behaviour suggests that there will be some people that we have to actually really go out and look for, uh, and, and some of that may spill into next year. But our commitment is everyone will have the opportunity to get the vaccine by the end of the year. Uh, everyone will, uh, but I, I can't say that you know that we're not going to have some hesitant people or some people who just haven't come forward that we don't have to go out and find next year. Dennis is coming back, so we're up to you. You're a union organiser, Liz, so you tell us how we should do it then. <laughs> well, um, I was just saying that if you if you want, uh, I'd said before. Well, you know, I'm going to go. I'm going to get the address of my local MP, and I'm going to visit their house. And um, even if I have to put the letter in the letterbox, which is probably going to be the case, um, but I will video myself being there and try and put it up somewhere to encourage people. But I'd like people to go as groups because they feel, you know, I have. I think there's a place for groups. Um, I was listening to a Steve Bannon um, uh, podcast this morning from the war room in um, the US and uh, one of the people on the right there was um, saying the left have got it all over, um, all over them because they organise themselves and then it, then it clicked into my head, oh, of course, um, Barack Obama was a community organiser. It's the same thing as a union organiser, okay? Yeah. So the, you organise yourself into, into groups, and it doesn't. you don't have to be in that group forever. I'm not, not much of a group joiner myself. But for things like this, for action, I think, yes, you need to get into groups and, um, and go, um, and not mob rule. This is, this is go down politely, stand outside, ask first if, if perhaps he's in. And perhaps he would like to come out and talk to people about it. And well, the, um, the thing I've noticed, Liz, is the people on the right, and I'm sorry, I know, Dennis, you don't like bringing left and right into it, but the, the, that's New Zealand's probably centre right because we don't like left and right. Um, we don't, we're not violent. It's the ones on the left that are the violent ones, your Black Lives Matter and your Antifa and, and, and in this country, I, I don't know, we haven't started yet, but... Because uh, we, we seem to be pretty apathetic about everything, but we we uh, we conservative people are law-abiding citizens, and if we're going to pick it, there won't be any violence. They don't need to worry about that, and it's just propaganda from the government sending the police down and 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 pretending that we're right-wing extremists. That's just nonsense. I'm going to go to a, to that um, groundswell thing next week. Good on you. Good on you. And, Good on uh, you. 
uh, just up and down the main drag. I'm not going to start any fights or anything like that. Oh, well, um, we don't, I don't believe do in that stuff. Yeah, none of us do. No, mm. that's and that's that's what that's that's the way that I explain conservatism to the my, to my kids, you know. Mm. Um, but I do I do really wonder why it is that I think most conservatives are probably busy, so yeah. they don't get around to being activists, I guess. But I mean, a, a lot of the younger ones on the left have time to do all that sort of stuff. Mm. Well, the government's um, paying them to not yeah. work, aren't they? Yeah, and, and so so I don't know. I, the, the thing that I would be um, uh, the the thing that I would be an activist about would be the Treaty of Waitangi because I think that it's really dangerous for New Zealand. Um, and, and it seems to me that um, with what they're doing with the Treaty of Waitangi at the moment is being obscured by the bloody virus. Hmm. Well, the thing is, Dennis, um, they've got news for you. <laughs> the, the, um, there was a treason document served on the, uh, served on the government that they agreed to. Um, back on the 22nd of December. If you listen back to some of uh, the um, podcasts I did with uh, Grant, when was that, Grant, that we did that podcast about? It'd be a good month ago, six weeks. Six weeks ago? A month ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and, um, and uh, our government um, signed it off, as in, as in Jacinda, as in um, uh, a woman called Anthea Williams for the um, for the Treasury and for the Justice Department and um, the representative of the Governor General, um, a man called Gregory Bourne. So our country is actually under a coup at this stage, and that's why they get their, they're so bulky. Um, that's why they think they can walk roughshod over us because they have handed us over to a so-called um, a so-called Maori nation, and um, but that Maori nation um, itself has um, said the treaty is no longer um, is no longer in action. Okay, so the treaty itself is gone. They have fallen back on a document they call the Declaration of Independence, signed in, nine, in 1835. Also, um, that is a non-entity legally because of um, historical events that happened back in England in 1649. But that's a very long story. But if you're a historian, you'll love to read all of that about that one day. But um, uh, we've, the, the, the police know about this. The courts know about it now. Um, it's uh, the document has been filed in the uh, the treason document. I call it uh, has been filed at the Nelson District Court on Thursday. So it's been um, it's in the court system now. The courts know that in actual fact they're sitting um, under the cloud of suspicion of being party to this treason themselves. The treason I'm talking about is our government against us. Uh, look, uh, uh, so if we've changed the subject, that's great. Um, <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> I couldn't stop her. Yeah, right. Um, uh, look, I've got strong feelings about all this, and, I, and, and, and for many, many years I just completely ignored it uh, mm. because I just mm. thought it doesn't impact on me at all. This Treaty of Waitangi stuff is nonsense. Yeah, that's and, and I'll just ignore it because I can just get on with my life every day because, in fact, I live in the modern society that's part of the global society and stuff will come in. I'll use it up. I'll do a job to pay for it and life will be okay and I'll hopefully have a roof over my head. Mm. And yep. and so bugger the Treaty of Waitangi. 
but 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 recently because of reading books like Bruce Moon's book and and uh, Andy Oakley's and other stuff that people now send me um you know there's a sort of a realization I've come to about the whole business with the Treaty of Waitangi and and if you give me 5 minutes it might, might, might take me 7 I'll I'll tell you what I think the whole reality of this is that the Europeans came to New Zealand uh they they Cook landed here in the sort of 17 late 1700s, so he arrived, and, and then a whole lot of people followed him, right? And then with them came European technology, and Maoris were busy having intertribal wars, which is what they did, and they were cannibals. That was the reality. And, and, uh, and so nobody likes to talk about that very much because it's not a pleasant subject. And so then, and they, and they certainly wasn't a pleasant subject when I was a kid in the 40s, right? And so, so along came um, uh, Hongi Hika, uh, uh, we decided the other day with the Hongi, Hongi Hika or Hongi Heki? It's Hongi Heka. Hongi Heka, so sorry. No, is it? Oh, I've uh, forgotten myself. Is it Hongi Heka? No, I think it's H I K H I K A Heka. Yeah, it's Heka, we got that. But the first word, is it? Is it Hongi or Hongi? Hongi is a John. And John, Hongi is a transliteration of John. John. You sure it's there? So anyway, he... Carry on. But he was a much... He was a... <coughs> Excuse me. He was a much tattooed chief, and and they put him on a boat and they took him over to England, you know, to show him off to the to the to the um, to the to the highfalutin folk over there. He mm. was taken to grand houses and palaces and all the rest of it, and they gave him gifts. And and the short story is basically he took all the gifts, came back to Sydney, sold them all, bought a whole lot of bloody muskets, and came over here, came back to New Zealand in around about um, eighteen oh seven, and started the musket wars mm. and slaughtered a hell of a lot of people. You know about this, Liz? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, and so, and so the the numbers that he slaughtered were uh, between a th- uh, twenty thousand. Um, if you look at some government page, um, historical um, pages, or fifty thousand. So who knows? Uh, mm. It was a lot of people, and 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 that's a genocide all day long. But I suppose if you'd carry that out over forty years, it's probably not so much of a genocide if you get my drift. But that yeah, war, true, true. that war was going on uh, intermittently um, to kill all those people right up until uh, they said eighteen thirty-seven, mm. which was. Uh, depending on which month it was in, three years before the Treaty of Waitangi was signed. So, so then 250 chiefs or somebody signed, signed the Treaty of Waitangi. Um, but, but if, if you have a look at the musket wars and you consider the fact that those those people were killed in sporadic fighting over 40 years, and so who's to say it actually ended in 1837, and why would the Maori chiefs who signed the treaty think that it was all actually all over when there was no sort of announcement in the newspapers because there wasn't any newspapers, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Yeah. So, in fact, uh, it could have been the, the, the last, uh, you, you know, the, 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 the history says that those musket wars were going on for several years after the signing of the Treaty of Waitangi. So mm-hmm. uh, the big lie that New Zealand's whole culture is based on is the idea that the Treaty of Waitangi was sort of signed in peace. But the thing was that those chiefs did not sign a treaty with the people who were attacking them. They signed a treaty with the British. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that is just a fact of it. And, and yeah. we know that. It's, a, it's in the history, but it's been fudged by people to justify the Treaty of Waitangi. And not, not, not to justify the Treaty of Waitangi, but to justify all the court cases surrounding that, which has... Um, 
kept a whole lot of lawyers and a lot of money and a whole lot of judges busy and, and a whole lot of Maori radicals busy. And, and so to my way of seeing things, uh, this, is why I, I, this is why I wrote this down this morning. The Treaty of Waitangi always seems to me to be an unfair burden for a nation to carry. It seems symbolic of the burden of guilt that European New Zealanders have to carry for the crime of bringing, bringing civilization to a bunch of cannibalistic tribes who were busy trying to kill and eat each other in intertribal wars. And a whole lot of those Maori chiefs recognized that, so they went along and they signed that treaty. And why is it that we can't see that? Why is it that we can't uh, build the society on the fact that those guys made a treaty with the British Crown to take over the running of things instead of the fact that we've taken that treaty and what we've done is corrupted it and we've turned it into a money spinner for a whole lot of people that's delivered them two and a half billion dollars. And, and, and that's turned into an economy that is now worth $50 billion. So if, if you go and and divide um, $50 billion, uh, if you look at that $50 billion um, as an investment, it should be making at least 10%, but more likely 5 And so 5% of that is $2.5 billion every year. And so there's 850,000 Maoris in New Zealand. Divide 850,000 into $2.5 billion dollars that turns up every year as a profit and mm. they'll all be very well off so where's it going yeah yeah going to an elite I'll, group yeah, isn't I'd, it, I'd done i'd done that on the gst um uh, i did that kind of rough i did a rough calculation on the gst worth or uh, not the gst the gdp worth of each maori in new zealand they're so much better off than all the rest of us apparently mm. um yeah it, it but, they don't seem to be though do they so the money's uh, going somewhere else yeah well well, here we go back to the um, to the media again, to the propaganda. Um, there's propaganda about every aspect of life in this country. Um, all of the rubbish about, you know, how terribly, terribly well, badly off Māori are and blah, blah, blah. And we all know that it's rigged statistics. Now, talking about the um, – you know, there's so many things to talk about, but um, I've been – been studying the um, Privacy Act um, uh, just in the last few days because I'm working out the, all of the entrails of the beast, if you like. And um, the um, the Assistant Privacy Commissioner is a was the head statistician of New Zealand. Uh, they also are the ones who um, ha who have apparently destroyed all of our um, census um, information over the last, uh, since ever we started to start a started census in this country. But um, the Naitahu, who are the second biggest uh, so-called owners, and I say so-called because there's a great big question mark over ownership of land in this country now, um, of, of land after the Crown, um, they had a census taken in, uh, I think it was, it was soon after the signing of the treaty, because they signed, you know, as you're saying, um, uh, uh, later in the piece. Um, and they did a census, and I think they had 600 and some, so many people on that, on that, um, on that census. Now, they are the biggest, uh, because of the huge settlement claims that they've had accepted. I think Naitahu were one of the first to have these um, accepted. Um, 
the, uh, those 600 and, and so people, that, that only the descendants of those people actually have any claim on the resources of Naitahu. Now, my friend who's Naitahu, who showed me the census, um, uh, got uh, said, oh, they treat me quite well. You know, they went during lockdown, they rung up to see if I had everything I needed and they've provided, they gave me $50 as a Christmas present and I got um, the a government? and a lunchbox for my grandson. Who, who gave them so, the money? Who gave them all yeah. this, this person? Oh, we gave them. The taxpayer gave oh, okay. them. Oh, yeah. But who was it through though? Who was the, who was the organisation that handed this out to this person? Uh, the Naitahu, um, you know, the, the, the iwi okay. group. Yeah. Mm. Um, what's his name? Um, Tiffany or Timothy O'Regan. Yeah, when, um, when, when we were young, his name was uh, Tim O'Regan, and now he's yeah. become a Maori. Yeah. Tiffany. That's him. Hmm. Like, like O'Rourke. <laughs> who's that guy that, um, is it Lee Williams? He, he, he calls them troffers. They're all around the trough. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit derogatory, isn't it? It's a bit racist, isn't it? Tiffany Troffer, O'Regan. Dennis, what do you think about this stuff that um, Liz is saying? I know she's saying a lot, but what do you think about um, the whole thing? Oh, well, I, you know, I, I, I have had a little bit of experience with Naitahu are the ones up there in the Waikato, aren't they? No, no, they're the South Island. Okay, who are the? Oh, right, they are too, of course. What's the name of the ones? Tainui are the ones you're thinking of. They they signed the um, Declaration of Independence, Tainui, because one of their chiefs was was up there. So they think that they're highfalutin. There's a big there's a big stoush about to break out between the people who are still hanging on to the treaty and the ones who are hanging on to the de Declaration of Independence. But both of them are both of them are in the. Um, in the excrement anyway, because um, <laughs> they still don't, they still haven't studied history enough, British history in particular. So, so this Declaration of Independence, this is the one that was supposed to have been signed about 1838 or something. 35. 30, yeah. 35. And, and so that's, that's before the, the musket wars ended. Um, and yes. so... Uh, the th the question that I sort of ask about that kind of thing is how many Maori at that particular point in time point in time could write and read well, um, yeah. to be able to know to write something down and then have everybody know what that what it was saying. Well, that I'll give you the answer to that because I, I had a quick I had a good look at the Declaration of Independence. It was they could speak the word translators right and the Clark family in particular, that's with an E, I think. And the Kendalls. The Clark 18, family 18, up north who were they were they were um, they were missionary families mostly up north. And uh, they they spoke Maori and um, and some Maori spoke English, but they were definitely able to translate from Maori into English. So the translators were English, the writers were English, the signatures there's there's a couple of signatures on the on the declaration. Um, actually, there's not that many chiefs actually sign the Declaration of Independence. Most of it, uh, there's a few sort of very tentative signatures on there. 
I'd have to look at it again, but you can see it um, online. Um, they've got it um, in the British um, archives, and I'm not sure that, but they probably got it in New Zealand archives as well, but they, they won't let you see it. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, I have seen it. And won't let yes, you see the original, but you can see it online, can't you, a copy of it? Yeah, 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 yeah. You can't okay. you can't print it off some for some reason, mm. but um, but yeah, the, the the so they certainly didn't write it. They had it translated um, from, and they've they've it's written out in Maori and in English. Okay, so so there can be a comparison there. Um, the so and and when you're talking chiefs, right? The, this the social structure in in um, Maoridom at that time was the the Araki who were above the chiefs who were the sort of supreme chiefs and then your chiefs and then the rest um, you had some status if you were warrior um, but pretty much the rest of the people peasants slaves mm. peasants if you're, you know, within the tribe and slaves, if you were, so yeah. Um, and the other, but the other good thing for Maori about the the signing of the treaty was it ended slavery. There was, a, and there are arguments about whether that actually occurred in the um, in the um, um, notes to the um, at the House of Representatives in New Zealand. Um, there are arguments about whether slavery had actually ended uh, for the. Um, for Maori because they were obviously hanging on to slaves as well. And um, there were people who were saying, no, no, you know, treaty was signed. No, we're under English law now, no slavery. So, you know, if I, if you're going to keep celebrating Treaty of Waitangi, I think celebrating... Liz, disappearing. Liz, their, go um, back to the neighbour's place. You've gone to the other end of the house. Go back to the neighbour's. Oh, okay, you're breaking up. You're breaking up. You haven't moved? Oh, you need to get a Wi-Fi. You're a wealthy lawyer. You can afford it. <laughs> I I haven't worked as a lawyer. Well, I you just still work are you as a are you Scottish or something? I don't I don't I don't take any money for 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 the work I do. I know you do. But, I know. Um, Does everything pro, pro bono? Just being sarcastic, aren't you? Yeah. No, mm. I haven't worked in in law since two thousand and three. Mm. So it's coming up twenty years. And that's yeah. another story. It's so, a good story I, no, too. And I have a pension. I have a pension. It's mm. it's called superannuation, <laughs> mm, which we're all entitled to. Look, I've written a thing uh, lately, which is probably the reason why I'm even talking to you guys. Is I've spent spent all the time writing, yeah. And I've written a thing recently where I where I suggested that there needs to be a royal commission of inquiry into the Treaty of Waitangi, and 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 or more importantly, into the Waitangi Tribunal. And and we need to ask the question of how that came about, and and did they actually examine the history that led up to the Treaty of Waitangi? Because the, the it seems to me that the Treaty of Waitangi was signed by those chiefs to try to end a war, which was the famous musket wars, yep. which we don't yep. talk about. Makes and, sense. and given that reality, um, the, the, you know. Did, did the determinations made by judges and lawyers take that into account? And to be honest, I don't believe that they did. And was it is it right for that treaty to have been used to plunder the coffers of this 
country to the degree that they have. Yeah. And, and you know, we're never going to be able to ask for that money back because it'll never come back. Yeah. Um, but the fact remains that that uh, accumulation of a huge amount of um, economic power has fallen into the hands of a few Maori and it needs to be spread around amongst all of them. And, and uh, the profits every year, that come from $50 billion would give every Maori man, woman, and child in this country much more than what they get from the benefit. This is something that you need to be really trumpeting up and down the country. We all do. Yeah, yeah. well, before you trumpet it, Mm. you've got to consider that the treason document again. Now, you'll get a chance to read it now. Obviously, I've spoken about it. Um, Grant will send you a copy. He's got one. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I find it all uh, dubious. And it, and, and I, I really do. I find it yeah. weird, very dubious yeah, but, signatures. But the thing is, no, but if you read it, okay, just not the signatures, you actually read the document. I it read it. It just looks like it's put out together out. by a bunch of halfwits. Well, it does nothing legal. It it's not like a proper legal read. document. And you said yourself it it's not a proper legal. It should be initial yeah, on every listen. page. It's not. Uh, I, I, I discount it. The fact, I think it's the rubbish. Fact is, the fact is that the government has acted on it. And the government well, how do we is know that? Acting. How do we know they have? Well, what, we know Jacinda that Ardern didn't can... sign Jacinda Ardern. You, you reckon she signed JC? What's Who's JC? They, they Justice... are acting on it. They are acting on it. How do we right know she now. signed it? We've got no proof. We know she signed it. Okay. We know but she We don't know, it. though, Liz. You, we can't well, just take your word for it. Can't you? No, we can't. We, as much as I like but you. But anyway, getting, getting back to what, what Dennis, Dennis was saying, okay, right. about – but you take my word that, that Anthea Williams signed it, didn't, don't you? Because we've I don't know seen if any of it's true. I really don't. It. Well, haven't you seen the videos? No, I haven't seen the videos of, um, the of, videos of, of these lady, people the, signing the this document. Hang on, Liz. Right, hang on, Liz. Hang on, Liz. Anthea Williams signing. Are you, are you are you sure? Really? Okay, the videos. You, you, well, actually, in yes, Parliament, positive. signing this document. Yes. Well, yes, I haven't one seen of, that. One of them signed at Treasury. Anthea Williams s- signed at Treasury, and Gregory Williams signed at Government House. And they and the, they they said on video these people that this is what we're signing. It's very clear. It's not yes, some other yes. thing. Giving Mary no, a handout. You can, you can, you can see, you can see them signing it. Yeah, but do we know for sure that 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 this that it's this treasonous document that they're signing? How do we know that? Yes, because the person you don't, didn't you see the interviews? Oh, I, I haven't. This I'm on the farm and I, no, I can't always you're, watch. You're what? You're, you're very behind it then. Well, you yeah. were very interested when you did the interview. You yeah, I am, but I can't watch every video that gets sent to me because it's just not possible. I didn't. I didn't send it to you, but I would have thought that you were watching Counterspin. That you were you were um, you were following up on what was happening with that document. You no, would have I haven't been to able know. to. You'll notice oh. that Counterspin has. I have, I'm about three episodes behind, so I haven't been able to watch any of those. You don't need to watch every episode of Counterspin. I can tell you what Counterspin, which it, it's on. It's episode eleven. No, but, part yeah, two. that's. And then it, you'll see the videos. Episode eleven. I put that up. There was nothing about. There was no videos of um of no, people they signing the, documents. Yeah, they did. They did the first part. Uh, episode 11, part one, was about something else. Uh, it was about, um, or oh, something else. doesn't matter. Oh, it was about yeah. the vaccine, that's right. Okay. Epis- uh, part two is is all about the documents 
And the videos were sent to Counterspin and they played it during that episode. Episode 11, part two. I haven't seen part two. And you'll see it. Okay. okay thank so you. We'll write it down. Yeah. Okay. Now, so, so, start, what, so what document now, are we now, talking yeah, about? I'll send it to you, um, Dennis. Document, yeah. You've got the document, okay. And you look at the explanation of why they actually went down to Wellington and they talk about the conversation that they had with, firstly, Sean Elias back in 2017, and then the, the conversation that they had on the 11th of December 2020 with Gregory Bourne, okay? And they talk mm -hmm. about how there is no treaty partner anymore, and so they are stepping into the breach. So, Dennis, you don't need to be so generous with our taxpayer dollars, thank you, and, and let um, Naitahu and the rest of them hang on to it, because it was never given in um, actual, it's a, it's an, it was an illegal payment to them, okay? Because they didn't have a treaty partner. The, the, um, the Waitangi Tribunal from the outset has been a fraud, okay? And that can be argued legally. So don't oh. worry about our money is gone and never to be seen again. It's coming right back. Oh, look, I hope, sincerely hope you're right. I, I absolutely agree with all of what you're saying in terms of being a fraud, uh, but it's but to, to me, it's the practical nature of trying to get it back um, uh, that uh, uh, seems to me to be impossible. It's all, all in bank accounts. They obviously haven't spent it on their people, have they? I mean... Well, no, well, no, no, that, no, 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 Liz, that can't be right because they got two and a half billion dollars uh, of and and sort of cash in kind um, yeah. as treaty settlements, but the the Maori economy itself is. I mean, they've got yeah. like fifty percent of the fisheries, fifty percent yeah. of the fisheries. Oh, well, they just got it handed well, to them on a plate. Yeah, well, I'm glad you mentioned that. Too, because the fish, I'm going to start doing work on the fisheries deal and work out how that gets remedied because all of those um, quotas now need to be put onto the open market again and put out for market um, uh, but it'll be restricted to New Zealanders uh, so we should have fish a lot cheaper in the future Liz, as those, I those, 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 that was given illegally, that's got to come back Oh, and I, I think it was ridiculous to give it to them because they wouldn't have had the capacity to go and get that anyway back in the day of canoes but the other oh, thing well, that seems to me sold it all off to foreign investors anyway. They sold, you know, there's not many Maori up there fishing. It's a few, yeah, but, not many. But but I can remember back when, and there's nine minutes left according to the thing on my screen, yeah. but, but uh, I can remember back to when they were arguing that they should get all that quota and, and that it was going to give all these Maori people jobs working on trawlers and so forth, and then they promptly sold it off yeah. to overseas and no Maori's got jobs at all. That's exactly yes. right. In fact, I, I, I would say they had that deal sewed up long before, okay, to sell off. I, I come from Huntley originally, right? I, I went back down there a few years ago to, um, which is in the Waikato, which is Tainui country. Went back down there a few years ago to look after my mother. Worked um, at the um, this local advice Centre, it wasn't the advice bureau, it was um, a, a local thing. Had plenty of, um, plenty of Maori in looking for stuff, you know, free stuff, free legal mm. advice, of course. 
And um, <clears throat> anyway, one of them was on the uh, was a cousin of the Mahutas, and uh, was on the um, on the Tainui board at the time that they got their settlement. Uh, they got all of the housing that was built for the power project in Huntley. I don't know, probably about a thousand houses. Uh, very nice houses. They had them. Um, they were handed over to them as part of the settlement. They sold them the next day. Amazing. They sold those houses the next day, to, not to Maori. Well, the question is, uh, so I've been writing an essay to try and question all of that, which I'm going to publish fairly soon on, on, on Silent Majority. Um, but I, but I, I need to check all my figures because I just, I'm not that great with numbers. Yeah. Um, but it seems to me that, um, I, it just seems to me that ordinary Maori, uh, you know, there's a big anger in amongst ordinary Maori because they blame us for everything that's wrong with them. Oh, yeah. And they don't seem to realise that they've got this vast amount of money that's been dished up to um, to these people and, and none of it is filtering down. None of it's filtering down. Very good. So, so yeah, the, that's right, the, absolutely the, right. So the outlook for an ordinary Maori living in Levin, for example, in a, in a, a scungy little house down, down one of the side streets is exactly the same as the outlook for the European who's living down there out of a job as well because there's a few unemployed, both Maori and European here, and their lives are the same. You know, their expectations are the same. They just are. And, and yet sitting in the background is this, just this gigantic fund that is not helping them, and it should be. And mind you, it could cause another form of resentment, of course, if they start do start dishing it up, um, because their neighbours down there, the white neighbours that they've got, who are on the bones of their ass just like they are, mm. they're not going to get a big handout. No. No, no well, it's just surprising that, the, that um, you've got, any, if there's state housing, that you've got any white people in there anyway, because you can't usually get one if you're white. Livin oh. is um, now going to be a refugee centre. That's right, isn't it, Dennis? You've got she's brought in a whole lot of immigrants into Livin. Oh, they're supposed to be bringing a whole. Yeah, they said Colombians. Um, I'll I'll be leaving around. Look, if it's Colombians, that's all right. But if it's Muslims, I'm going to be leaving town. The Colombian yeah. drug mules. Don't leave too soon, Dennis. <laughs> you didn't see Colombiana, did you? That movie, Colombiana. Man, you sure you want Colombians? <laughs> oh, look, my wife and I are talking about whether or not we should move back to China. Yeah, well, you like China, didn't you? Oh, look, I, 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 the big problem with China is I couldn't speak the language. But um, uh, I've been to New York and I've been to Shanghai, and let me tell you, Shanghai is up there with New York all day long. Mm. Well, in the problem with China is not the Chinese people; it's the CCP, and even and and a lot of the Chinese people they hate the CCP, but the, it's a communist uh, regime, and New Zealand is heading down that track. In, in New Zealand is, but but uh, yeah, China's a uh, look. I bike. We walked around bloody Shanghai in the middle of the night, three o'clock in the bloody morning. We were walking around downtown Shanghai, safe as houses. Tell you what, I wouldn't do that in New York. And I've spent a bit of time in in um, in, in uh, Times Square in New York. It's a wonderful place, but I will tell you what, one block away and it's trouble. Mm, it wasn't when Rudy Giuliani was mayor though. He got that under control. Hmm. Former police chief became mayor and sorted out the crime. Now it's just it's just rubbish again. <laughs> mm. yeah. So getting well, back to Levin. Well, um, I I don't know. 
I don't know how long you guys have got, but um, I've got to go. But I'd oh, like okay. to end it on end what I say on a on a high note. Okay. And just to say, deliverance is near. <laughs> okay, guys. <laughs> okay, Bye. thanks, Liz. Thanks for joining us. Well, yeah, wow, there's a lot to a uh, lot to um, absorb there, isn't there, Dennis? There's that stuff you probably haven't heard of, like this uh, document that Liz is talking about. So I'll yeah, no, don't, get you don't a copy know about that. I... Look at all these videos. It all seems pretty, you know, left, you know, left. It's left corner. I, I, um, I've listened to it, and uh, you know, I just, I, I can't get my head around it. Oh, look, I, I think there's a lot of devious stuff going on at the moment because, mm. because I think that uh, people recognise the fact that uh, people could, you know, the people of New Zealand could turn against that whole um, Waitangi Tribunal. Yeah, and Liz and, Lambert's and, no uh, fool. She does know what she's talking about. She oh, okay, knows a yeah. thing or two about this whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's there's, there's, there's stuff going on in government and, and uh, also with the National Party. I don't, I don't completely trust the National Party either. Yeah, no, I shouldn't say anymore. I've just been rude now. I went to a National Party thing the other day, mm. and um, which I wrote about, and there was it was a sea of grey hair. Mm. There was one young, there was one guy in his thirties there, and there were two hundred people. Yeah, Jacinda's got the young people. You know, the fact that she moved off magic talk, all the serious talk, political talk, and gone to a rock station, the Rock, but to talk. And uh, Grant Robinson, probably the same. I don't know, but I know for a fact Jacinda has gone to the to the. Is it the Rock? I think it's the Rock, which is just a bunch of young people, you know. So that so she's targeting young people that don't know mm. anything, that don't know any history, and just brainwashing yeah. them. Yeah. And and the older people, you know, yeah, we're just silly old, stupid, you know, bald headed, middle aged, halfwits. I just think we're crazy. That's, so that's fact, sad. We're the ones that are, going, are trying to save our country for them. Mm. Well, thank you very much for joining me, Dennis. I, I really appreciate it. You've you put some good points across. Very good. Well, so we were speaking yeah, with, uh, very enjoyable. Thank you. We we're speaking with Dennis Hall from Levin. Um, he, Dennis, uh, he is a sculptor and uh, a very a very good sculptor. Are you still there, Dennis? Come on, you're very modest about your sculpture. <laughs> yeah, but he's also very outspoken on uh, the silent majority. Is it New Zealand's silent majority? Is that the right right name? Silent Majority Team New Zealand, Team New Zealand on yeah. Facebook, yeah. yeah. So join that um, group. And, and, and I'm, a balloon, I'm also a balloonist. And one of you my are, um, compatriots had an accident yesterday. Heard about that. Are they okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a wind gust. A wind gust. But oh. we worry about them. You know, there was we a serious one. The reputation. There was a serious one. I thought someone was really badly injured on the media. Was that the same one or another one? Oh, yeah, no, two people were in hospital with injuries, okay. and all the rest have been discharged from hospital. Okay. Um, but he was landing and got caught caught by a gust of wind, which can happen. Because, you know, when you get when you go up in a balloon, you just have to follow the wind. Or the wind actually, you just go with the wind. Mm. Would you call yourself a socialist? Uh, no. You've never told a lie in politics? I think early next year we'll be in the phase of chasing up people who haven't come forward to get their vaccination or have missed their bookings and so on. So uh, everyone will be able to get a vaccine between now and the end of the year. Uh, but of course, you know, and, and I want every New Zealander to come forward, but human behaviour suggests that there will be some people that we have to actually really go out and look for, uh, and, and some of that may spill into next year. But our commitment is everyone will have the opportunity to get the vaccine by the end of the year. Uh, everyone will, uh, but I, I can't say that, you know, that we're not going to have some 
hesitant people or some people who just haven't come forward that we don't have to go out and find next year.